0: On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails
1: for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.
0: Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips.
1: I'm Molly Bay.
0: Today is March 26th, 2019, 5.40 p.m. Got a lot of stuff to cover. But first, let's get to our follow-ups and fact-checks. We didn't do too bad last, last podcast.
1: I feel like we need, like, an intro jingle.
0: Yeah, I know. I've been looking for one. <laughs> follow-up, fact-check.
1: Maybe something. you should just sing it every time. Follow-up. <laughs> That's my vote. All right.
0: So our first follow-up, <laughs> we asked who is the head coach of the Packers. Well, Joe Philbin, who we briefly mentioned last podcast, was the interim head coach for the Packers after McCarthy was fired last season. However, Matt LaFleur is the Packers head coach for the 2019 season. LaFleur was an offensive assistant to both wide receivers and quarterbacks for two years at the Texans, then became the Redskins quarterback coach in 2010. He mentored rookie RG3 and Kirk Cousins. How did that work out for him? (laughs) Then he returned to college football as a quarterback's trainer in 2014 for Notre Dame. In 2015, he became the quarterback's coach for the Falcons, which means he coached Matt Ryan in 2016 when he won the league MVP. In 2017, he joined the Rams coaching staff as the offensive coordinator. Then in 2018, went to the Titans as the offensive coordinator. Now, his younger brother, Mike LaFleur, is the passing game coordinator for the 49ers, and they worked together at the Falcons in 2015. Matt LaFleur has worked quite extensively with Kyle Shanahan, at the Texans, the Redskins, and the Falcons, Shanahan is currently the head coach for the 49ers.
1: So he's a quarterback's guy, and they brought him yeah. to a team that has a great quarterback and doesn't really need a quarterback guru.
0: Right, kind of like with Matt Ryan. He went to Matt Ryan. And these coaches get a lot of credit for when the, the players are good. But, you know, going to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers is the head coach there.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I'm talking about, that— They don't need a—he seems like he's a good candidate to maybe mentor somebody like a young Bruce Arians was. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe a good pick for them.
0: We'll see. Uh, The Green Bay, as long as they got Aaron Rodgers, they're always going to be competitive, I think.
1: I hope they crash and burn. (laughs) Me
0: too. (laughs) I hate the Packers. (laughs) You know, I hate every NFL team, except for yeah, the Buccaneers. So. There's
1: some that are more tolerable than, more others. than others. I hate more than others, Yeah, but the problem with Green Bay is that they've just been good for so long. They're kind of spoiled with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that he's kind of a baby. He really left a bad taste in my mouth when he came to Tampa and complained about the field conditions.
0: Well, we do have crappy field conditions there.
1: So but, get better yeah. cleats. So right. That's You're what your, your um, equipment boomy. manager is for. That's why
0: you get paid the big bucks.
1: Yeah, blame your equipment manager
0: good <laughs> Lord. Uh, follow up follow up Ty Sam as of now is the starting right tackle for the Falcons uh he was the second string left tackle last year behind Jake Matthews okay. and when Matthews was injured he played left tackle against us I think it was the second second game
1: yeah so that will be the last game in the season week 17 okay
0: so yeah that's
1: why it was fresh in my mind did they get rid of Jake Matthews
0: no I maybe don't that's think so.
1: why I feel like
0: I think he he was just injured Okay. Carry on. Check <laughs> check. The Falcons play in a base 4-3 defense, <gasps> not a 3 4 defense. Oh, I defense. was right. I feel
1: yeah. like such a dummy. I
0: know. I don't know why I said that. You know, what threw me was that linebacker they have. Not Dante Fowler, but he's a Dick Beasley. He's number 44, and he plays defensive end. That just always throws me. It looks like a linebacker. But I do. At least I think I know they played base 4-3. I don't know why I said they played 3-4. So, yeah, anybody, everybody in the NFC South plays a 4-3 defense, except us now.
1: Right. So, I tried to... Which, they're
0: still questioning whether we're going to be a 4-3 or 3-4. Uh,
1: you can't. You don't make a do. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. We're playing
1: a 3-4. I found a podcast today. It's like football. It's a football coaching podcast. Like football used...
0: 101,
1: don't worry. No, it wasn't even that. It was a little more advanced. And... Football 201? <laughs> mm, yeah, probably. Probably. But he was breaking down the three, four. I was like, I got to learn some stuff. That was, it was too advanced for me. I yeah, mean, you, like,
0: you said you got to watch the, YouTube yeah, video I think I need to
1: see it. I was listening to the podcast. I think I just need, I need a diagram. Hmm. I'm a visual learner, not an audio. Uh, on. So you, listen- what kind of learning do you autistic? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I can't hear it and understand it. I didn't know any of the words he was saying. <laughs> I mean, they were English, <laughs> but just made no sense to me. <laughs> so I need, like, three, four defense for dummies. I'm sure there's one yeah, on YouTube. A, if
0: there isn't, well, let's make one.
1: Okay. First, <laughs> got to learn about the three, four defense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we can't really teach until we learn it ourselves, huh? That's a catch Too. We're trying to learn three, four defense, and we're going to look on YouTube for some videos. But if we don't find one, we're going to make one. Speaking of which, I'm still working on the Shekel Barrett video. It's coming. Oh, let's see. Donovan Smith, Monday, May 13th, 2009, he's having his second annual Bowling for Autism. Uh, The time is 7 to 9 p.m. The location is at the Pin Chasers on 4847 North Armenia Avenue in Tampa, Florida. There's a $100 registration fee to bowl or a $75 spectator fee to attend the charity bowling event. 100% of all proceeds will go to Benefit Autism Speaks. And uh, the event day registration begins at 6.45 p.m. Bowling starts at 7 p.m. All participants will have two hours of bowling with rental shoes included.
1: So is it like a competition or you just get to go bowl there?
0: Yeah, you just go bowl. I mean, I'm sure they got a little little competition thing. Dr. Smith is a big bowler. He loves to bowl. Oh. And uh, this bowling event will also feature multiple special guests, including many other Tampa Bay Buccaneer players. Can't remember who went last year. Ali I, Marpet went. I know that. I want to say uh, Goldston was there. I doubt if he'll be here this year because he's not on the team. Uh, everyone in attendance will also have the opportunity to take pictures with all the Buccaneers. And uh, we can gain more mem- Buccaneers memorabilia, prizes, autographs, and other giveaways. Uh, register today. Reserve your spot to bowl alongside the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For questions, please contact JR Rodeo, or Rogio. Uh, his email is jrogio, that's J-R-O-G-G-I-O, at sportsstarsync.com, or you can call him at, phone number is 516-509-8995. He's also got his, where he's walking for autism walks.
1: Yeah, same can, thing, at, Ray, at, Ray, at Ray, J.
0: Ray Raymond J. Stadium, yeah. that's uh, April 26th, I believe. Oh, well, there we go, another follow-up, back Dang
1: it. <laughs> we talked about it in a prior podcast.
0: The coaches forum, coaches meeting has been going on this week. Uh, Arians had his charity golf thing with the Arians Family Foundation. So he did that, and then they w- went right down the street to the coaches, the owners' meeting. But he, quite a few good snippets from it. Uh, Jason Like said he would lean heavily on Coach Arians for draft input. Okay. We kind of figured that much, but now we got it from the mouth of the beast. Funny thing Rick Stroud put out another article today about Gerald McCoy. Now, if if you haven't been following the podcast, we brought up that Rick Stroud did an article about a month ago talking about how ownership said and management said that they were definitely keeping Gerald McCoy, that he fits the 3-4 defense, and he was going to stay. This, of course, spawned 15,000 different articles from different news organizations all saying Gerald McCoy is staying with the Buccaneers. Then, last week or two weeks ago, Rick Stroud put out another article, which he did not advertise a whole lot, saying that we have to cut Jared McCoy because of cap space. Now, he got most of his article quoting from BleacherReport.com. But anyhow, today he wrote his own article. The title of it was, Jared McCoy's Future with the Bucks Seems Very Much in Doubt. He got this while he was at the NFL owners meeting in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to quote some of it here. The article says, Bucks defensive tackle Jeremy McCoy still is being evaluated by coach Bruce Arians, who said Tuesday that film study has been done on the six time Pro Bowl player and it indicates he's not as disruptive as his $13 million salary may require. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Arians goes on to say, <clears throat> quote, probably a better question for general manager Jason Light because of the financials is a big part of it, Arians said when asked if McCoy would be with the Bucks in 2019. I got to evaluate him. I mean, guys, when they age, it's different.
1: So is he saying, I have got to evaluate him, or I did evaluate him?
0: Right. It just says, I got to evaluate him. I think he's saying he did evaluate him. Okay. Uh, When he was asked what the film study has shown him about McCoy, Aaron said, he's not as disruptive as he was four years ago, but he's still pretty disruptive. He's still a good player. Usually they're at the age when they get paid the most, and the production don't match. So we've got to find that out. If guys don't show up, don't ask me about them, because I talk about the guys that show up. Hopefully, we'll see how that goes. Whoa. Yeah. When asked if McCoy's status is still up in the air, Arian said, everybody's is. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. It's hard, it's cold, that's it. What are you going to do for me now? We've got to find that out. Then Peter Report had an article pretty much covering the same thing, but he's got Jason like saying, it's just hard to say about any player right now. It's just that we have so much between now and free agency, the draft, OTA's offseason. I can't just say definitively on anyone. I can tell you he's a great player, and ideally we would love to have him back. I could say ideally we want Gerald McCoy here. He's under contract, and I want him back. Now, at the coach's breakfast at the NFL Honors Meeting in Phoenix, Arizona on Tuesday, Arians didn't sound so sure. He said, he is on our team. He plays three technique, and we have a three technique that penetrates. He did it as well. Whenever that was, four years ago. Would I like to see him more disruptive? Yes. We can use him. If he is here, he is going to be used a bunch. It's just a matter of what happens.
1: Wow. That sounds like he's gone.
0: Yes. Well, like we said on the podcast here, there's just no way to keep him. Yeah. We just don't have the money. Right now we have $2 million. We need about seven to sign rookies. We just can't. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. And JPP and Brate are now... Officially paid, right? Yeah, they their got money's their,
1: guaranteed. Their money's so guaranteed. So you could trade them theoretically, but you can't cut them.
0: So we would have to find trade partners for them. Exactly. I think it'd be easier to just
1: Cut McCoy. Get, I mean, that's two McCoy. players you got to shop versus just... I mean, push comes to shove. McCoy doesn't have any guaranteed money, so you can cut him whenever you want to. Right. Finding a trade partner, there's a lot that goes into that.
0: It's going to be hard. To try. I mean, he's got that thirteen million dollar salary, and plus we're gonna want a draft pick.
1: And his age, he's yeah, you know, pushing thirty. Is he thirty?
0: I think he just turned thirty. Yeah.
1: So I just I, I just don't say yeah. how we can keep him. And his productivity hasn't been what it was, like Arian said.
0: I you know, see, I disagree with that. I, I've watched Nine years of Jerry McCoy's game film, and he's gotten better every year, and I think this year was his best year. Now, the numbers didn't show it. Right.
1: The nu- it's the numbers, and I think that's what a lot yeah. of teams look at. Right.
0: Roy it's Cummings- hard
1: to measure production for a defensive tackle.
0: Yeah, you really have to watch the game film. Right. I mean, there's not stats that don't really cover their right. contribution. Roy Cummings with the football Florida Football Insiders had an article today as well titled Bucks Coach Arians indicated Tuesday Gerald McCoy might be gone. <clears throat> Arians also elaborated that McCoy is not as disruptive as he was four years ago, but is still a good player, and further said of the nine-year veteran that he wants to, quote, see the enthusiasm for the game still, end quote, Whoa! <laughs> from the number one, former number one pick.
1: I wish I could hear this interview firsthand. Yeah. I wonder if it's up anywhere, because I, I, I think his tone is going to be a you know, you don't really get that from quotes. It sounds pretty serious.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you just read the quotes, it's yeah, like, you're like, oof. Eesh. Roy Cummings did say, clearly, that's a coach sending a message to the media to one of the star players of the franchise for the past decade. It's a nine-year career that has seen McCoy enjoy a lot of personal success in terms of his stats, but very little team success, as the Bucks have only had two winning seasons during his tenure while he's been battling in the trenches of their defense. Specifically, the last two years overall were horrible for the Buccaneers' defense under coordinator Mike Smith. The 2017 defense was the worst in the NFL in yards allowed and had the fewest sacks of any NFL team. Yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to keep McCoy with that. You know, I mean, the guy's been here for nine years, and our defense has been horrible for nine years.
1: Right, and it hasn't really mattered who we brought in.
0: No, and you can't say he hasn't had help on the line now because we got him all the help he could use this year. Last year, Spent 2019.
1: Spent, what, $15 yeah, on the defensive line? Yeah, the,
0: the most expensive defensive line in the league. And, and like Roy Cummings said, personally, he's done well. But team-wise, not so much. And that's what matters. I don't care if you've gone to the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't care if you've gone to the Pro Bowl 12 times. You know, if your team's, you know, bottom of the trenches every year, you're not contributing a whole
1: lot. And at that point, isn't the Pro Bowl kind of a popularity oh, contest? Oh, yeah, Pro Bowl's
0: garbage. It's a popularity contest anyhow especially now that you have fans voting. Well, it never made sense to me because I don't care how long you've been in the league, you don't play against everybody in the league, so you can't know. They They should have the Pro Bowl be players can only vote on people they have played against.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: Because, I mean, you figure Jerry McCoy has only gone up against, you know, say for, per year he goes up against 12 different offensive linemen. You know, so those guys should be the ones that get to vote on him. Mm-hmm. Something of that nature. Right. So, you know, when you get, you know, fans get to vote like they do in the Pro Bowl now, it just becomes a popularity contest. Same thing with the players, too, though, you know, because these players don't know everybody, and they they know the guys that are popular, and they know the guys that are friendly and nice to them and good guys, and so they're going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're good or not. It just always cracks me up, as we said on the podcast before. Everybody touts that McCoy's been to the Pro Bowl six times, they go, see, they just point that as proof to how good he is, and then they turn right around, and they go, yeah, the Pro Bowl sucks because LaVonte David's never been – voted into the Pro Bowl.
1: Right. There's that double standard.
0: Yes. I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, Devontae David, the first two years he was in the league, he should have definitely been in the Pro Bowl. Right. No questions asked. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Fans are going to really have a hard problem when McCoy, if McCoy is gone off the team He's got a lot of fan support.
1: Yeah, but I think a lot of people have come to terms with it, one, because of the price. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then, because a lot of people feel like he deserves to be on a winning team, so they hope that he's going to a decent team.
0: Right, uh, yeah. So maybe that'll appease them, Right. But I, I think it's also because they kind of run out of excuses for him. Yeah. You know, like I said, he you can't say he doesn't have help on the defensive line anymore. right? And his production was basically the same as it always has been. Other news around the league. I just want to bring this up real quick. Colin Kaepernick, we found out, settled for less than ten million dollars with the NFL. Hillman and Eric Reed. They got. I guess they had to split it. I don't know. And between the lawyers, right. So they they probably each got about two three million dollars.
1: The Wall Street Journal is the one that broke this, and they were saying that it's less than ten million. It wasn't clear how it would be divided between the two gentlemen and their lawyers. So. I think 10, 10 million is like the gross, and then what they're getting is not even close to that. A big, it's a really far cry from the eighty sixty to 80 million everyone projected.
0: Yeah, it's a really far cry. And to me, it just screams they didn't have K's. Yeah. The NFL and, just, just wanted to get rid of him.
1: And not only that, that he, he did um, sell out. Sell out, yeah. Yeah, he absolutely did no for 16 to 80 million. You could make the argument that he was sticking it to the owners. These billionaires don't want to part with any money. Mm-hmm. You could just say, yeah, he still got them, but 10 million.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really want him to get in the league this year. I want somebody to pick him up and play because I want, I want the, that other question to be answered: Is he a good quarterback? I think he sucked the last few years he was at the 49ers, right. uh, but. <laughs> You know, somebody somebody hire the guy. Let's see how he works out.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, and we're still in free agency and you know, the Bucks are signing Blaine Gabbert.
0: Blaine Gabbert. So
1: it's like I don't know, you have to check Colin Kaepernick's out there, but you take in Blaine Uh-oh. Gabbert.
0: Yeah, I don't want Kaepernick on our team. So let somebody else get But in.
1: look how many other teams have gotten quarterbacks that are not named Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. I mean you've got the Titans, <laughs> the um, Raiders
0: picked up the Raiders,
1: Yeah, the Raiders. Um Miami,
0: yeah, Fitzpatrick. i right. say it's a. I, I don't know. I don't think he'll ever play again. But you know, I I don't understand why he doesn't go to the AFF a- a- F- or the Canadian Football League or something like that. If he can still play, I don't think he can. I think he's out of shape. He's been
1: maybe that's why he's he knows that he can't play, but he's just bluffing everybody. Because right. if he can just say, "Oh, it's not me," it's that no one will give me the chance. Then he can look like the victim and get a bunch of sympathy points and look like, you know, he's being held down by the man, right. which is what he loves.
0: Yeah, that's that whole grievance industry. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to rant here for a little bit. The grievance industry. Bruce Arians, we're talking about the women of football crap again. Now I'm starting to get a little upset with it because Jen Elaine retweeted Annie Apple, who is Eli Apple's mom, saying, thanks, Bruce. It's amazing how women can birth entire planets of men, feed them out of her bodies, teach them how to go potty. Stand up versus sit is no joke. A little winky face. I've run corporations, political organizations, and communities, but somehow football is too hard for women. If y'all don't sit down somewhere. Okay, The Jenna Lane retweeted this. And this was, Annie Apple retweeted that after Jenna Lane tweeted that Bruce, Bucks Bruce Arians, when asked if women can coach in the NFL, said, hell yeah, I've seen it. Okay, and then in response to Annie Apples' tweet, Elaine tweeted, I think people f- also fail to realize that a common denominator among many NFL players, strong mothers. I've heard so many instances of moms pulling double duty as caretakers and providers, working two and three jobs to support their children, and those sons don't forget it. And then she tweeted, It should be noted that Bruce Arians approached Jason Light about hiring female coaches the day he was hired. Okay. You know, it, it's fine. Let let the females get hired as coaches. Let them prove their worth, blah, 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 all that good mess. But just don't distract. Don't make this an issue. And they're making it an issue. Nobody's talking about women can't do it. I haven't heard a single person say women can't do it. You yeah, know, but that's what they're bringing up. It's that whole grievance industry's mess, you know. It's like nobody's saying that. They're just saying just do the job. Just get out there and do the job. Nobody cares. I don't care what gender you are, race, religion, whatever. Just go out there and do your job. And all this crap going on at the owner's meetings. And this is what Jenna Lane tweets about. Doesn't tweet about anything else. This is what she tweets about. She even had one article up. The title of the article was Arians. Hell yeah, women can coach in the NFL. I want to know what the hell she's doing at ESPN. I want to know, what does she do? Because that's not, I mean, that's 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 just social justice stuff. I mean, that's... But isn't that attention. kind
1: of ESPN's ML? Aren't yeah, they pro- yeah, they've gotten real political that, and all yeah. that
0: mess, but... I mean, is that why they hired her to push this mess? I mean, all the stuff going, you know, uh, Greg Allman was just spitting out stuff today, left right. and right, about Jason, Mike and what Arian said. and that this Lane doesn't cover any of that. Right. So ESPN was getting none of that mess. Well, why
1: like, is she there?
0: And what I mean, did she, she did? could
1: do that from her couch.
0: Which she tweeted about that, how she does most of this stuff from her bathtub.
1: <laughs> she did.
0: She actually tweeted about I that.
1: did. I saw that, actually. Yeah,
0: and then had like three or four tweets about dirty feet and lotions and all this stuff. I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Well, we've known that she's not a hard-hitting reporter. It just well, it's a long list of soft. She's got fans stories. because
0: we got chewed out for talking bad about her. <laughs> got some some white night fans
1: come in. I can't <laughs> believe you're talking bad about Jenna Lane. Of all people, that pearl clutching. I could hear it over my keyboard. I mean, it's 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 ginning up controversy that's
0: not there. Nobody, nobody is saying, oh, I can't believe we have women coaches or women can't coach. Nobody's saying that nobody, but yet they're trying to make it out that way. Right. Just go out there and do your damn job. Right. That's what we've been saying. I don't care a thing about these people, except I don't want them to be a distraction, one, which is that's what this is turning into. And two, I don't want them to just have the job because they're women. I want them to be good at what they do. I want them to help the Buccaneers win.
1: And it makes you wonder, because any other position coach like that, you barely ever hear from about (laughs) anything. You know, you just, they're not a prominent Presence.
0: No. Who knows the assistant training, assistant strength and training coach from 2018? <laughs> Anybody? I don't. No. We do now. Can't pronounce your name, but Marara, <laughs> Marara.
1: <laughs> Ian Beckles was talking about them today.
0: Yes, I didn't. He couldn't pronounce your name either.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but he's basically said the same thing. I don't care what's between their legs. I'm Nobody just cares. the same coach. Nobody cares. Let's I would just hire get on with this.
0: I would hire a Martian, somebody from Jupiter. I don't care if they help the Buccaneers win. That's what matters. I just worry that it's gonna turn into an issue where that's what the Buccaneers are known for and that's what we're focusing on. And like I said, it's a zero sum game. The most, more energy you put into some one thing, the less energy you can put in something else. And if we're gonna be focused on making sure that, you know, inclusion is our issue, then we're not gonna be able to put as much energy into making sure that our defense can stop a football team. Okay, let's get into some more bullshit from the NFL. You know, they got the You're
1: fired up today. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> This stuff makes me angry. This especially, this coming up, this makes me really angry. Okay. You know, they got the rules committee and all that crap going on. Yes. Well, the NFL came out today and they said, to expand protection of the player being blocked, NFL owners voted to eliminate blindside blocks. One-third of all concussion on punts were caused by blindside blocks. With the rule change, any forcible contact by the blocker with his head, shoulder, or forearm is prohibited. I mean, we might as well get rid of punts and kicks all together now. I mean, this is turning into flag football. It's going to be a flag fest.
1: Wait, so I don't... It already understand. is.
0: You can't have a kickoff without a flag now.
1: So, I'm just... How are you supposed to tackle people?
0: They Right, I know.
1: You got to, like... Okay, if you're coming behind them, you got to outmaneuver them and then turn around and tackle them?
0: Don't know. They showed videos of this rule, and they showed clips of what's going to be illegal, and I swear to God, they were just about all perfectly legal hits. It's craziness.
1: This is going to be another, this is another one that is so subjective. Yes. I mean, listen, with
0: with the rule change, any forcible contact by the blocker with his head, shoulder, or forearm is prohibited. Head, shoulder, so you can't block with your shoulder. You can't block with your forearm. I don't know. This is going to be so confusing, but it's going to turn it, right now, kickoffs, And punts are flag fests, and this is just going to add to it. I I hate kickoffs and punts anymore because they they go nowhere. You don't get the spectacular plays you used to, and it's a flag every single time. Somebody's done something, you know, and they they also made the rules last year. They implemented the new kickoff rules. A lot of people weren't familiar with this, but you have to have uh, five people. It's the the way it's set up. You have to be set up in a formation now where – you can't do the onside kick stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. You've get, everybody's got to be in the exact same formation now. That's how it was last year. As a matter of fact, Buccaneers got called one time, because, and I talked about this in one of the podcasts, because one of our guys ran over beside another guy, and we got flagged for forming a wedge.
1: Yeah. It was ridiculous. I remember that.
0: But anyhow, that's permanent now. They, they tried it out last year. Now that it's permanent. They said it, it resulted in a 38% reduction in kickoff concussions versus 2015-2017. One of these days, I'm going to do a podcast on the whole CTE and concussion mess. It's going to make a lot of people mad, I'm sure. Don't (laughs) care. It's something I feel strongly about. But this stuff, I said, I think it was, I've got it written down somewhere. But, you know, the NFL is going to be done with in not too many years if they keep this mess up. And I I said that I think it was five or six years ago. I said, you know, the the NFL is going to be a shadow of itself. And we're, we're heading straight down that path, man. I don't know how they. One thing I liked about boxing, I used to be a big boxing fan, and I remember it was back in the '80s. This mess started going on where there's all these groups that were saying, "Oh, boxing's too violent." And you know, these. It was back when uh, Muhammad Ali got, you know, he started showing signs of his whatever. Maybe
1: Parkinson's. Something
0: I don't know. Uh, It was probably due to getting his head rattled quite a bit. Of course. Get rattled quite a bit, but. You know, they were like, oh, it's too violent and everything. And boxing's response was, F you. We don't care. You can go kiss our butt. We're not changing a dang thing. And they went away. And that's what the NFL should have done. You know, but what they've tried to do is appease everybody. But you can't do it with this grievance industry mess because they will always, always have a reason to exist. If you stop concussions, if we stop concussions completely, guess what? Then it's going to be ACLs, MCLs, neck injuries, back injuries. They're just going to keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on until eventually it's flag football and seven people in the country are watching it. I mean, I think we're going to have a problem in, in the next few years with NFL players coming up through the league are, you know, they've been raised on this stuff. We talked about this in the podcast, too, about how tackling has just gotten so bad with the new guys because they don't they have never learned how to tackle. You know, they do all these uh, you know, safe tackle techniques. And, you know, you've got a whole generation of kids that are growing up that their parents don't want them to play football. They're not going into the rec leagues. They're not playing peewee football. They're not playing junior high school football. And there's a dearth of foot talented football players out there. And that's going to hit the NFL soon mm-hmm. where there's just not that many people playing. The pool is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. And for the for the NFL, for ownership and all that, to succumb to all this whining and crying and lawyers. Lawyers is what did this. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a podcast about to, to, to CTE and this whole mess one day. So anyhow,
1: it's just it's a violent sport. It just is. You know, if you are running full speed at another guy who is also running full speed at you, you're probably gonna hurt yourself.
0: Right, right. You know, they talk about the uh, CTE and all this stuff, and I look at Chris Collinsworth.
1: Oh, God, there's a long I list Look at
0: Yeah, Rondé Barber. God,
1: Lord. John Elway.
0: Sims. Terry Bradshaw. Mm-hmm.
1: Which he, he, I mean, he acts like he's been hitting the <laughs> head a few one, times. He's so, always so, I mean, maybe like that. that's not the best
0: best example. <laughs> so, I mean, you just look at the commentators on TV. Howie Long. Howie Long. I mean, that guy was, he was tough. Howie Jimmy Long I tough. Johnson. Oh, uh,
1: well, he, he's a coach. not a, Yeah. He, he might have
0: been a player. I'm sure at one point he was yeah. a player. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. <laughs> uh but these guys, they're on TV all the time. They speak well. They're, you know, the, the, the chances of getting neurological problems as you get older increases just for general people. With the NFL players, it increases as well. A Little bit more percentage, but not that much. I mean, you look at all these guys that are making millions of dollars on TV speaking, talking. They played NFL back before all these rules that were safe. I don't see them experiencing any symptoms.
1: No, it's the people who act erratically—the Aaron Hernandez, the Kellen Winslows—that those are the people right, yeah. they're pointing to that are saying, "Oh, they've that's been CTE. affected, yeah, by the head injuries."
0: Well, they might have, they might be affected by head injuries. I don't know, but that's you know, nobody put a gun to their head to play football.
1: No, and it doesn't exonerate you from antisocial behavior.
0: Yeah. So anyhow, I'm off my soapbox. Off that soapbox.
1: Let's not <laughs> talk about that anymore. I
0: just, you know, they they do this every year. They come and they change the rules, and they it just it just drives me crazy, you know. now the focus is it's not about making the games better; it's about making the games safer, and it's been that way for the past four or five years. And they're putting in all these dumb, dumb, dumb rules. That and then I don't everybody, think everybody complains about the refs. When we're putting way too much on the refs to have to babysit and be medical doctors and worry about these guys' futures, you know, they should be worried about the game.
1: I think it's the illusion of safety also. Yeah. People want to feel like it's safer, even if it's not necessarily.
0: Yeah. I remember watching the NFL not that long ago when they used to have the big hits. You know, they used to love And I love that. I'm a, I'm a defensive guy. I like big hits. John Lynch, my hero. Uh Hardy Nickerson, the reason why I became a Buccaneers fan. I mean, these guys were mean, hard-hitting guys. You don't have them in the NFL anymore, because, and they won't even show big hits in the NFL anymore. They used to have segments all the time. Big hits.
1: My favorite hits are the ones you can hear the pads cracking on the broadcast.
0: Yes, and you see everybody on the sideline like, kind of step back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. That's what everybody wants to see. It's kind of like with NASCAR. I don't care what you say. Everybody that watches NASCAR likes to watch the wrecks. It's a very technical sport. I know a lot of people think it's a hillbilly sport, but it's the—it's probably the most technical sport out there, and team sport. But everybody likes to watch Rex. Everybody. And they've basically done away with Rex and NASCAR. And there's no more car flippings, no more big crashes. It can't go over a certain speed limit. Yeah. And that's why NASCAR sucks now. Nobody watches NASCAR. They were the fastest-growing sport in America mm-hmm. until they started implementing all these dang rules to make it safer.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> Are you truly done now? Okay, I'm done this time. <laughs> I'm done this time. time. <laughs> the Jets are apparently shopping linebacker Darren Lee, who I heard about that. was drafted by Todd Bowles in 2016, first round. Mm-hmm. They won a third round pick for him. The Bucks are reportedly, they inquired about him.
0: And What's his salary, do we know?
1: I don't know. But... The Browns and Broncos were also interested.
0: Well, we can't pick anybody up right now. We oh, got no right. money.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe that's someone they make a move with, or maybe they trade McCoy for him in a draft pick.
0: That would be interesting. I don't know. Okay, so the Jets last year, he made a million dollars.
1: That's real doable. And he's Todd Bowles' guy. Um, he doesn't fit Greg, Greg Williams' system, the defensive coordinator with the Jets. So that's why he's probably gone.
0: Well, let me see. He's going to make... One point eight million in two thousand eight. Yeah, we could afford him. We could actually sign him now. We got two billion. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know anything about the guy.
1: I don't either. I heard. Um, I was listening to a different podcast where they were talking about the possibility of him coming over. We are signing Blaine Gabbert.
0: We haven't signed him yet.
1: Not as of today.
0: Okay. Blaine I ch- the- I
1: checked, I checked the Buccaneers website.
0: Oh my god. And goodness. it's not on there yet. Blaine Gabbert. I know. Ugh.
1: He was horrible. He's horrible. Well, supposedly he's going to compete with Griffin. And Arian said he'd like to keep three quarterbacks on the roster, but they'll have to see what happens. And uh Gabbert played under Arians. Did he? Yes. At in Arizona? 17, yeah.
0: Hmm. So Blaine Gabbert's horrible.
1: He's really bad. Ugh. You know what though? He beat Colin Kaepernick for the job in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, that's right. Then got benched
1: later. Then got benched. (laughs) um, Our quarterback, James Winston, he's said that he wants to play at 250 pounds this year.
0: I think he said he's at 250 now. I saw a video of him doing drills about a week ago. He definitely looked more muscular, I thought, but he looked slimmer. So maybe it's it's muscle weight.
1: Yeah, Maybe. Maybe that's what I don't it know is. how you
0: could put 20 pounds of muscle on there that quick.
1: Yeah, well, he came into the league in 2015 at 231, and that's what he's been listed at for yeah, his whole of, career.
0: Those was are crap, you know. They, well, that's
1: what Ian Beckles was saying was that, James Winston, at times, has looked a little puffy, is what he said. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, James Winston has never looked, uh, what's the word, athletic no. to me. kind of especially like. Especially when he runs. Kind of, oh,
1: God. <laughs> kind of like Josh Freeman came in all pudgy, and then he started using the cocaine. And
0: <laughs> he lost really quick.
1: He's, Yeah, he slimmed down pretty quickly.
0: He, was he said slim, he cut down on thing. Taco
1: Bell, but we all know what that, yeah, well, that yeah. was code. He
0: cut down on Taco Bell and upped his cocaine <laughs> right.
1: So, I don't understand, what's the advantage of putting on weight for a quarterback? Does that mean you're going to be less mobile?
0: I would imagine, yeah, if it's not muscle weight.
1: But if it's muscle weight, are you more mobile?
0: He'll be able to throw the ball farther.
1: Well, and that's what one article I read said, that perhaps he's preparing to take more hits as quarterback because they re-signed Donovan Smith. Only kidding, <laughs> that's not what they said. That perhaps he is preparing to take more hits because Bruce Arian's system yes. has these longer developing plays. Right, and he, and he doesn't leave blockers in, in yeah. He doesn't
0: do tight end chipping and running back staying in for protection like Cutter did.
1: Right, so maybe Winston needs to prepare to be hit in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Was the theory? Well,
0: these guys, you know, Winston's a young guy, and these guys, when they come out of college, they get bigger, stronger, faster in the NFL. Yeah. And I think Winston's going through that.
1: Yeah, I think because he's true. really young. I
0: mean, he he came in the league at what twenty.
1: Right. He's probably twenty
0: five now. Yeah. And plus he's they a get baby. Plus they get all the these professional training and weightlifting.
1: Right. You've got all these trainers at your disposal Mm, all the resources yeah that are fine with they'll put money into you the team the organization the team you know your health is a priority right oh bruce arian says it's going to be critical this is per scott smith Bruce Arian says it's going to be critical for all the Bucks defenders to work on communication this spring because it's a new D and it's complex. Says you can't just show up to training camp and expect to get it. Now, this is what we heard was a lot of the problem with the secondary last year under Mike Smith, and then later with Duffner was that their communication wasn't great.
0: Yes. Yes, and I would concur with that. Their communication was horrible.
1: (laughs) So not only are we going to have a more complex defense that they're going to have to learn, but they've got to shore up their communication.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there was quite a few plays last year, uh, besides Justin Evans and his Chicago debacle, quite a few plays last year where our guys didn't know what they were doing. They weren't lined up right. A couple times you could see Quan Alexander still calling the play when the ball was hiked. He had his head turned. Yeah.
1: Just poor execution.
0: Yeah, yeah. Their communication definitely has to get better. And hopefully we'll get more unity as a team going on. You know, just I, we, we just haven't had that in so long, I feel. Last year, I
1: think it was really good last year. Well,
0: it was better. You Com- know.
1: They had the camaraderie, but it didn't always translate onto the field.
0: Right, yeah. You know, seeing them do their little thing, their sack dances, you know, where they would all get together and do the mm-hmm. thing after they got to the quarterback, whatever. That was that was good. I haven't seen that in a long time. And that was exciting to see, but.
1: I just hope they can build on it yes. this year. Speaking of the secondary, um, Greg Allman tweeted that Arian said he has confidence in Carlton Davis and Vernon Hargreaves as Bucks outside corners, and that we need to find a nickel who can play man coverage inside so he can keep Hargreaves outside.
0: That'll be interesting.
1: What do you think about that? I don't really recall Hargraves and how he's played because he's injured so often. I mean, he he got injured, what, the first game last season? I think the year before that and he was injured.
0: Yeah, he's, he's not lived up to his expectations, to say the least. Right. But when he's been on the field, he's done pretty good.
1: Right. So hopefully he'll stay healthy this year.
0: You know, in our secondary, I don't have a problem with any of the guys. You know, their problem last year and the year before was really Mike Smith's system. And last year when... They got better coaching, they played well, yeah, you know they stepped up, and they did well.
1: I think it's also a factor of their age that they're all so young, and they all yes. they're all developing together,
0: yeah, by far, by far, the worst quarterback we had last year was Brent Grimes, you know he gave up so many big plays and just so many plays he didn't even, he wasn't trying, you know he he wouldn't try to tackle people and yeah. so hopefully now he's gone the the younger guys, maybe we get a veteran in there that. Well, actually, we'll have a mentor attitude,
1: them. Yes. Yeah. Um, another Scott Smith tweet. Bruce Arian says he wants to see what Levante do. Levante do. <laughs> Levante do. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Lavonte David can do if the Bucks pass. Uh, the Bucks rush him more and use his speed.
0: Well, we know what Levante David can do when he rushes. Oh, absolutely. Rush we saw
1: that that his first his, season.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's a he beast. He was a
1: monster. So I hope he can return to that. You know, love kinda beat it out too. of him. Yeah. And then, you know, then Mike he signed Smith. that big
0: contract. And once he got that contract, he seemed like he's just played to not get hurt really.
1: Yeah. Which
0: is the Bucks MO. That is the Bucs MO. Yeah. We need to change that on defense, man. We gotta have guys that tackle and hit and get off blocks. That was so that drove me crazy last year at how our guys would just engage with blockers and not get off of them. They would go out of their way. To engage with blockers.
1: They would, and it's it like, a, are they just trying to take the playoff or I felt like they were being coached to do that. Yes,
0: that's what I'll think too.
1: But it was just so easy for them to the other team to take our players completely out of the play. Yeah,
0: we were taking taking ourselves out.
1: Right. Oh, this one um Leonard Wester, our tackle, who wasn't tendered by the Bucks after three seasons, he visited the Chiefs and the Lions.
0: Wait, wait, wait. We're not keeping Wester?
1: Not yet. What in the world are we thinking? Not at this time. Oh,
0: my gosh. Who do we have to play left tackle if Donald Smith gets hurt? Nobody. There's nobody.
1: Maybe we're going to draft somebody. There's always the draft.
0: Oh, man.
1: Or after free agency.
0: We've got to do something. I mean, why why didn't we keep Wester? Ah, don't make any sense to me.
1: Oh, this one's a fun one. I can't believe they even... (laughs) Cam Newton says he is giving up sex for a month. Quote, it makes my mind stronger.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, red that.
1: <laughs> Why? Well,
0: it's the whole thing. Boxing, they used to do that. With boxing, they wouldn't have sex before a match.
1: Okay, but maybe you should do that during the season. <laughs> so you've got more testosterone and you can take it out on the field.
0: There you go. You've heard it here first. There,
1: I don't know. That's just, it Okay.
0: I don't think there's any hope for Cam Newton. I think he's pretty much done.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's at the last resort. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to give up yeah. sex. <laughs> is.
0: This is <laughs> well, you know, when they pulled him out, when, when Carolina, they played against us, and they needed that Hail Mary, and they pulled him out and put in their second string guy to throw that Hail Mary, that's when I was like, it's, Cam Newton's done. I mean, if, if you got a quarterback that can't throw the ball. Right. You know, more than 20 yards, which he's never been an accurate thrower, to say the least. But you know now he can't even throw it. I, I just I, I think his time is up. He'll, he'll he'll do maybe another year, two years there as a figurehead, you know, because he has done so much for Carolina Panthers. But he's not going to be around more than two years. The guy's falling apart.
1: Maybe that's why he's giving up sex. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I oh, think, sorry. I think there's a possibility that we are getting ready to reach the golden age of the Buccaneers for our division because Drew Brees ain't going to play that much longer.
1: No, he can't.
0: He can't. There's no way. Please God. <laughs> Cam Newton, he's just, he's done now, but, you know, they'll keep him ceremoniously for the next year or two. And Matt Ryan, you know, he might stay around for a little while. I don't know how long they're going to put up with him, though, because, I mean, while the guy is great, I man, he eats up so much of their cap, you know, they can't, they can't get anybody else mm-hmm. to do anything. So, I think that, that we we are approaching the an opportunity for the Buccaneers to really take over that division like we did when we first came when they first formed that division. Yeah,
1: I hope so. I hope. Well, you know, and Jameis he's in this contract year. He's, I mean, it's all going to hinge on out. that. I know he's
0: got to ball out. Yeah, yeah.
1: and for the sake of the Bucks,
0: man, this to be so devastating if he does not perform well and we have to get rid of him,
1: or he chooses to go to another team.
0: Yes, I, it's just. You know, we've never signed a quarterback to a second contract, and we've lost some dang good quarterbacks. I can name the three right off the top of my head that have left us and gone and won Super Bowls with another team as the starting quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't we've Something wrong with the Buccaneers when it comes to quarterbacks, for sure. Right. Well,
1: we've Here's got the quarterback hope. guru, so.
0: Here's our chance, man. Let's do it.
1: So, speaking of the sex lives of NFL quarterbacks, Philip Rivers' wife just gave birth to their ninth child.
0: I saw that.
1: What the? That is crazy. It is crazy.
0: I mean, he's almost got a whole offensive unit there. Yeah. He only needs one more kid.
1: I hope she's got a nanny. I hope they have a nanny. I'm he's sure. gone half the year. Right. Good Lord. <laughs> I think when you have that many, though, they end up parenting each other. Yeah, the, really the
0: oldest out. one's probably 20 by now. Probably. <laughs> so he's, he's designated babysitter.
1: <laughs> um. So I'm gonna end on that note,
0: that's all I've got. So you've landed on ended on sex.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean last week it Master was Masturbating and Babies. Yeah, well, last episode is the Kardashian. Was it
0: masturbating or was it just we'll sex in general that Kim Newton was giving? When
1: up? I hear that someone's giving up sex, I assume that they're giving up masturbation also.
0: Huh. Yeah, I guess you would have to. What's the difference? I mean we know what the difference is, but <laughs> right. I mean the outcome is the same. Right, exactly. Literally.
1: So <laughs> oh lord yeah
0: so last week it was Kardashian sex tapes right this week it's
1: so this is really seven. setting the tone for the podcast
0: <laughs> we're hard hitting here <laughs> man you can't get this nowhere else <laughs> alrighty that's going to wrap it up for us uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us on our twitter account uh, our handle is at bucks underscore observer and from there you can find our website and email addresses and all that mess
1: you just really phoned it in on that one yeah <laughs> Well, you've said it so many times.
0: I know. I need to record it and then just play it at the just end. Just because, and part of it is because I forget our email address. And <laughs> Molly's just kind of fumbling around with everything. That's okay. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Till next time.
1: Go back.